Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Walker, and thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. So grateful to have you connected on today, and wow, I am so grateful for you, thankful for each one of you, and listen, I am just so appreciative of how you listen to this podcast every single week. Thank you for what it means to us, for you to be a part. I just want you to know how incredibly thankful we are to have you connected on today. Make no mistake about it. Next Level Leader is about sharpening leaders, helping us think at a different level, putting us in spaces where we know iron sharpens iron. And however you heard this podcast, heard of it, let me know by following me at Joseph Walker 3 there on Instagram. Let me know. Hey, I'm a new listener and I'm from this city and this is who shared it with me. I appreciate hearing that because those stories let me know that leaders are sharing it with other leaders and I am so thankful. Next Level Leadership, man, is all about a mindset. It's about understanding the stewardship of what we do and we want to do it with excellence and intentionality. So what I want you to do today, I want you to lock in because I want you, even if you're interested in having me to come and to speak to your organization or you want my books or content, go to josephwalker3.org. I promise you it will be a blessing to you. So here, I want you today, as you listen to this one, I want you to learn how to remain centered in the midst of success. Now, if you are a next level leader, you're on a trajectory for success. That's all we know. We may have had some failures, but we know that success is in our future. Whatever we put our hands to, we have every intent on winning. So I'm talking to winners. I'm talking to people who understand success and there is a mindset to success. But when you're there, how do you remain centered? How do I prevent success from getting the best of me, from changing me, from jeopardizing my character, causing me to become something that I'm not? So success has to be handled properly. I must remain centered, grounded. And uh, people ask me all the time, they say, you know, Dr. Walker, we see all the things that are happening in your life and all that you're responsible for and the world is calling for you. How do you stay so centered? How do you stay so grounded? I remind them, boy, there's a whole strategy tied to that. And I want to share that strategy with you. And it starts with me in Matthew 6.33. That's number one. You can just write that down, Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Get that? See, for me, it's about kingdom. It's about putting God first. Staying centered says that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what levels of success, I never forget the main thing. See, often when you're in pursuit of success, you get lured into the world's systems of success, and sometimes you can stray away from kingdom. But when you understand the centrality of the kingdom in your life, you begin to then do all that you do because you know it's about God. It's about lifting him. It's about seeking and pursuing his way of doing things. That's what kingdom really is, God's way of doing things. So why did God allow you to be successful? Because God created a platform for you to do it his way. 
to let people know this is what happens when the righteous are elevated, when the righteous are successful. So never lose sight of that because all the things that you have been chasing historically will now be chasing you. Because when you have this level of alignment with God, the Bible says, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if I begin to do things the right way, live the right way, do it according to his word, the things that I am pursuing will now start pursuing me. God wants to move you away from just hustling, man. He wants to bring you to a place where you attract blessings because of your level of alignment. And therefore, once the blessings come, and they will inevitably because of who you are in him, then you understand one of the most powerful principles in this whole teaching today is on humility. Humility. Haney has a book on humility. I encourage everyone to read it. And I've read that book, Haney's book on humility, because humility says that I'm not going to be guilty of cosmic plagiarism. I'm not going to take glory for something that I did not do. It is God who gets the glory through my life. And one of the things that humility does, it counters arrogance. There's a lot of people who get successful and then they become grand. They become a diva. They just become all over the place and forget that, wow, it is God that raised you up. The same God who raised you up is one who can also bring you down. The higher I go up, the humbler I become because I recognize the incredible privilege and blessing it is to be successful. Every time I I walk into my home, I'm humbled. Every time I walk into my job, I'm humbled. Every time I get in my car, I'm humbled because I recognize it could have gone another way. You get that? So it's incredibly important. I want you to really understand this, that when you begin to think about humility, humility is a lifestyle that says I'm still accessible, I'm still you know, reachable by people. I still love people. I'm not getting beside myself. I'm not acting grand and putting all these stipulations in place. I'm just the same person down to earth, humbled at the privilege to be able to be used by God to do what I do as a next level leader. Some of the most extraordinary leaders on the planet are the most humble you would ever know. Isn't it amazing the dichotomy that people who don't have anything are often the most arrogant and people that have the most are often the most humble? I have a relationship with a media mogul (laughs) and uh, she has touched the world in such a uh, powerful way. And the thing that I admire most about her and the mentoring and friendship we have is her incredible humility, her incredible gratitude. Wake up every single day and just be thankful to be used by God to do what she does. Perhaps that's something you should think through. How do I wake up every single day and thank God that I'm being used to do what God has allowed me to do? Because God could have given someone else this privilege. Man, it's a tremendous joy to be known, to be known, to be used that way. And people look at you and they say, man, we know this person recognizes the stewardship of this moment. Here's the third thing, service. See, remaining centered means that I, I serve. I am not here to be served. But I am a servant. How can I serve you? How can I continue to make a difference and be sustainable and significant in the work that I do? A life of service is something that if all of us really thought through it, it would be amazing, right? A life of service says that I I recognize opportunities whereby I can help somebody. There's a song in the church that says, if I can help somebody as I pass along, then my living will not be in vain. Bible even says, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with thanksgiving. I, 
I truly believe that service to mankind is a true way of centering yourself, using your platform, using your wealth, using what God has done in your life to serve others will always pay huge dividends in keeping you centered, keeping you grounded, because you begin to recognize the incredible blessing upon your life. And you begin to realize that God didn't bless you just for you, but he blessed you to pour out and be a service to other people. Find ways that you can be of service, to volunteer, to get out there and help people. Get out there and do something meaningful. Find an organization to partner with. Use your platform for good and not just for self-centeredness, but use it that you might be centered on the kingdom. Say to yourself, how do I then build a team that is so focused on service? But here's the other thing, prayer. Now, before it's about prayer, it will keep you centered. Communing with God is not the same as communicating. Some people communicate with God. We just talk to God and pray, but communing means to abide, to stay there. And so when you pray, you have to learn the power of communing and spending time with God and saying, in this season, what I want to do is I want to spend my time praying and everything that I do, pray without ceasing. Pray in the morning, pray before major decisions, pray, talk to God. How many times a day do you talk to God? It comes down to that. Prayer is about communing with God, man, spending that time and hearing from God. God will keep you centered. He will direct your path. He will order your steps. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, are under command by God. And so as a result, when I pray, I get my instructions from God. When I pray, I get encouragement from God. When I pray, I hear from God. God hears from me. I am not so self-sufficient that I believe I have all the answers and all I do is sit back in my mind and think I can think through things myself. No, I need to pray and ask God, is this the way you would have me to go? Great leaders in the Bible spent time praying. Daniel spent time praying. Jesus spent time praying. David spent time praying. Moses prayed. Prayer is something that runs throughout the gamut of the Word of God. And so I just believe that every leader who is a next level leader must literally focus in on the significance and the power of prayer in your life. That will keep you centered. Prayer is such an important part of our lives. And if you're too busy, High Bell says, I'm too busy not to pray. Because if you're that busy, you'll never be centered in the midst of your success. You'll be so busy doing the work and doing the work and doing the work, you'll look up and you'll begin to see a disconnect between you and God because you have made your work, your mind, your energy, what you do, the God. Please understand, in this season, you must understand the power of prayer. But then, Understand generosity. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are a next level leader, if you're going to remain centered in your success, you have to be a generous person. You have to realize that God, listen carefully, did not bless you just for you. God did not bless you just for you. God blessed you to be a reservoir, not of selfishness, but God bless you to be a channel of blessings. If he cannot get a blessing through you, he will stop sending blessings to you. And so what I want you to listen in, listen into here is that it's incredibly important that you have a spirit of generosity. Everybody who follows me in our ministry here in Nashville, Tennessee knows it's something that 
we thank God for that has occurred in our ministry, this outpouring of generosity. We recognize the privilege of being blessed enough to be a blessing. We can't ask God to bless our businesses and to bless us individually, and then we do nothing. Comparatively to our blessing, we have to look out and say, man, what do you do more? How can I be better at being generous? When I understand that, great things begin to happen. So I want you to really begin to process ways in which you can, one, say as a leader, watch this, centering yourself, my generosity begins with alignment in God's word. Remember we talked about the kingdom first, Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom or God's way of doing things. I've often said, boy, can you imagine if a leader, every person listening to me now was a tither, not making excuses for it, just saying, you know what, God, I get it. I am a tither. Abraham paid tithe, right? Isaac paid tithe. People say, well, they didn't have money back then. Well, of course they did. You know what they had? They had grain. They had agriculture. It was a medium of exchange. And he gave a tenth of it all to God, meaning that they took what was the medium of exchange back then and gave a tenth of it to God. And as a consequence, this is how they remain blessed. When you take a tenth of what God has given to you and say, God, I trust you with this. It belongs to you because I wouldn't have the hundred if it were not. That's what generosity looks like. But when you hold on to it and say, nobody's going to tell me what to do with my money. It's mine. And you create all these justifications why you don't want to do it. It's because you have made it yours. And you're always thinking someone's trying to get something from you when in fact God is trying to get something to you. So when you tithe, and then when you sow seed generously, you tithe to your local church, you give generously, and then you give in other ways in the community. If you could learn those principles right there, man, how much more would God bless you? I mean, how much more? There's some of you now that need to just go back and say, Lord, I'm going to go make this up. I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get this thing right. And our ministry, we're just coming, you know, literally off of a Sunday of generosity. And if you desire to even be a part to help us even surpass our goal of a million dollars in one week, then do that. Reach out to our ministry, Mount Zion Nashville. Go there and say, hey, I felt this in my spirit. I really want to. So there are many of you listening to me now that could give six-figure checks and not even blink an eye. Man, seven-figure checks cannot even blink an eye out of generosity because you want to be a blessing. You want to put things in order once and for all. And whatever level you're giving, just give. Man, have a spirit of generosity. Get to a point where you're like, man, I just want to just be generous. I want to be a blessing to the kingdom. And that's how you remain centered. That's when you know it's about God. It's not about you. But number six is uh, about accountability. A lot of people, um, <laughs> a lot of people just miss this, man. Oh, gosh. We're out here by ourselves. We become so self-sufficient so arrogant that we don't really have accountability things in place. One of the things that I try my best to do is to always put things in place where there's great accountability. I mean, I want to put systems in place where I can see accountability all around me. And I think that it is so critical now that you understand what accountability looks like. How do I have infrastructure where there's accountability? How do I, how do I create accountability for me as a leader? I'm out here. I have a certain amount of freedom, leverage, but who's holding me accountable? Do you have a board? Do you have an accountability partner? 
You see, that's why it's important to stay centered that you have people that can speak the truth to you. I always want people in my life that can say, hey, now, I love you, but I speak this in love, and I'm holding you accountable to what you said. I'm holding you accountable to how you said you were going to lead. I'm holding you accountable how you said things you said you were going to do. In terms of your philanthropy, I'm holding you accountable to how you're going to take care of yourself, how you're going to treat your wife or your children. I'm holding you accountable. When you do that, man, it's amazing things that will occur. Holding people accountable is the key. But you have to be held accountable as a leader. People often love to tell you who they're over, but not many people will tell you who they're under. The whole point is, don't tell me who you're over if you can't tell me who you're under. Who are you accountable to? Who pours into your life? Who does that? And so, ladies and gentlemen, I just really want you to get this. I believe with all of my heart that if you truly, truly, truly are going to remain centered, it's going to require a great deal of accountability. Let's review what we've heard so far. One, you have to. Make sure in order to remain centered in the midst of your success, which is inevitable, how to employ Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Secondly, we're going to walk in humility, not arrogance, not stuck up. We're going to walk in a level of humility and lowliness before God and before people, which then causes us, number three, to serve. How can I serve and not be served? What are opportunities for me to do greater things in the world, in the earth? And then number four, prayer. How do I stay in communion with God? How do I stay in connectivity with God? And then how, am I, how can I be more generous? How can I give more, share more? How can I become a tither? How can I become a seesaw? How can I become generous in my foundation work? I want to be a generous person because the one who gives is the one who receives more. Then how do I remain accountable? Who am I accountable to? Who can call me and speak into my life and I not be upset? But they can tell me the truth and I can respect it because they were honest with me. But then number seven is about collaboration with others. I, I, I yell this from the, from the mountaintop, man. <laughs> collaboration matters. And how we collaborate with other people matters, man. Not doing this in silo and solo, but understanding the power of collective intelligence. Understanding that we are better together. And staying centered means that it's not about my idea, but it's about putting myself in a room where other people can collaborate and share. Someone asked me, what is the challenge of getting leaders to work together? And you know what I said? The challenge of getting leaders to work together is trying to figure out who is going to be in charge. And you get to a point that you understand the power of collaboration, the, the power of just collective intelligence and putting people in a space where everybody's idea matters. And you could just cumulatively come together with great vision and great ideas, that keeps everybody centered because now it's we and not me. One of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible about this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. I encourage you to read it, take time, meditate on it. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy and we faint not. We have it, not me, but we. What a powerful way of looking at that, right? And I want you to begin to process and think about we not me. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Next Level Leader is all about you. It's all about the leader that's evolving inside of you. And I want you to follow me at Joseph Walker 3. Let me know 
on Instagram if this has blessed you and share this link with someone else. Go to my website for books and content, but more importantly, know that I'm praying for you and know that as next level leaders, we're going to touch the world in a powerful way. through Innovation, through excellence, through intentionality. That's what we do. Thank you for tuning in. And I appreciate you. Now go be great. And until next time, you be blessed. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe to iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Joseph with you.